Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for Tuesday, May 15th, 2018. Here today with a recap of Monday Night Raw from last night, taking place across the pond in London, England, where you always you always get a crazy crowd there. It's always bizarro land. You're not quite sure who they're going to cheer, who they're going to boo. Um, you know one thing for sure, no matter uh, where they go, they're usually going to boo the guy that is uh, forced upon us as the top guy, whether it be John Cena or now it being Roman Reigns. I'll tell you, when he came out last night, he got some heat from that crowd. I mean, it, it was just vicious. You you would you would have thought he he broke the law, did something illegal. The way that the crowd um, just berated him uh, with booze all throughout his entrance as he came down, and he was coming down looking to call out Jinder Mahal for a fight. And you know, usually, I'm not a fan of the. Uh, the promo to start the show. I think that's become too played out on Raw in recent years. But, you know, this served a purpose because, yes, Kurt Angle came out and, and talked to him when uh, uh, he uh, was calling out Jinder Mahal. But Kurt Angle was informing him that Mahal was already involved in a match for a Money in the Bank spot tonight and uh, letting Roman know that he wasn't going to get another opportunity. And it wasn't, you know, your typical, oh, Kurt Angle comes out and makes a match for uh, that night. So the big dog, getting all annoyed with that decision, elected to take things into his own hands and decided to go backstage, find Jinder Mahal, and it just turned into a brawl between the two of them backstage. Of course, you had Mahal use... Uh, Sunil Singh as a, a shield for him, but it, he really stood no chance against uh, Roman Reigns, who was hell-bent on revenge. I mean, part of it is the fact that, you know, Roman's annoyed that he's not the Universal Champion right now, uh, so that's so uh, what's driving him even more over the edge, but the other part, obviously, is Mahal cost him his match last week. He looked like he was going to qualify for the money in the bank. Looked like he was going to get to a place where he would have a, a chance to control his future, his destiny of getting another shot at Brock Lesnar. And, you know, he uh, had his frustration grow even more, leading to him beating down Mahal backstage, dragging him uh, to the stage area, hitting the Superman punch before security and Kurt Angle broke things up, but still beat up Mahal pretty good to the point where they had to take Mahal back to the medical area and were playing up the whole thing throughout the night that he's hurt, he can't compete in his triple threat match. And, you know, just when it looked like, oh, he was going to limp his way to the ring, go out there, try and compete with bruised ribs, Roman Reigns shows up and spears him right through a wall, which you knew was a fake wall that they put up there because why else would there just be a, a wall get broken down and it all of a sudden turn into a hallway? But uh, the Roman was able to exact his revenge on Jinder Mahal opening up a spot in the triple threat match for later in the night. Over the weekend on Twitter, Seth Rollins issued another open challenge for his Intercontinental Championship. This time it was answered by a legitimate top guy, um, not just some mid-carder looking to make a name for himself. 
is answered by former two-time Intercontinental Champion Kevin Owens. And, you know, rehashing a rivalry that the two had in the later stages of 2016 before Kevin Owens was moved to SmackDown in the first Superstar shakeup, And, you, you know, you, you had just what you expected from these two guys. An A-quality match, a main event quality match for your first match on the show. Uh, another strong match in what's been an impressive year so far for uh, Seth Rollins. And, you know, just him and Owens going back and forth, uh, clash, um, between these two guys uh, had had the fans on their feet throughout the match with uh, just some of the impact that they had, whether it be Rollins hitting the Falcon Arrow onto the ring apron or uh, his just athletic uh, ability and elusiveness being able to deliver one uh, suicide dive and get quickly back in the ring and deliver a second one. Uh, before later in the match, Owens hitting uh, the uh, Fisherman Buster from the top rope. And, you know, it's been uh, kind of an overplayed chant over the years, the whole fans chanting, this is awesome. Uh, but that match was legitimately awesome. This, you know, three great Intercontinental title defenses that Seth has made in the, the last three weeks. Go back to Finn Balor the week before Backlash. Facing The Miz at Backlash in an almost 30-minute match to start off that night. Then kick it off uh, Raw with this first uh, match of the night. It, very it, impressive. It, that's become uh, the norm for um, the Intercontinental title. The Intercontinental title, they've called it the workhorse title for a reason. And, you know, you you've come to expect these kind of classic uh um matchups and you know they're playing it right with Seth Rollins playing him off as the he's obviously one of if not the most popular guys on Monday night raw but uh, building him up as a fighting champion um build, uh keeping him on winning ways and that's just going to make it even a bigger deal if someone comes along in these open challenges and defeats him at some point. I hope they you know keep this going on for you know another couple of months. Maybe not every week. Maybe other every other week at sometimes. Um, but you know keep this going on for a couple of months. Keep throwing at him big opponents. Keep throwing him at Adam guys that haven't exactly gotten an opportunity to get to prove themselves. And then when he does get eventually defeated, it will feel like a bigger deal of him losing the Intercontinental Championship. Just as it did, you know, when the Miz lost the Intercontinental title uh, last year to uh, Dean Ambrose, or when he lost it to uh, Roman Reigns, the, the you had so many great matches leading up to that loss that it made for a bigger deal for, uh, for that new champion. There were three triple threat matches last night with spots in the two Money in the Bank ladder matches up for grabs. First of which being Bobby Roode versus No Way Jose versus Baron Corbin. And, you know, to be honest about this this you know they continue to play off the rivalry that had been going on the last couple of weeks between no way jose and baron corbin since uh 
uh, Jose's uh, debut on uh, Monday Night Raw. And that there, there were a lot of near close falls in this match, but I didn't really, I didn't really get sucked into this match saying, oh wow, this is a very entertaining triple threat match. Uh, this is uh, uh, a barn burner here. There, there were a lot of near falls throughout it, but it was kind of a, a lackluster match. It wasn't, you know, that great quick pace chemistry between uh, these. Uh, uh, opponents and no, no way. Jose spent a lot of time down. Didn't get much action in uh, the uh, match, and uh, with uh, him losing, you expected he was going to be the one to get the pinfall. But I thought it would be Baron Corbin doing something dirty and underhanded to get the victory and get past Jose and Bobby Roode. But Bobby Roode, while Baron Corbin was knocked down outside the ring was able to get the win. So now, you know, this means Corbin's not going to be part of the Money in the Bank ladder match, which I find kind of uh, disappointing, especially after last year he was part of it, had a great showing um, with the attack on Shinsuke Nakamura before the match started, and then was able to use his dirty, underhanded ways to get the briefcase and become the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase holder. So now... You know, a little disappointed he won't be part of it. Plus, Bobby Roode's style isn't exactly a uh, kind of style that you expect to see in a Money in the Bank ladder match. You expect to either see high flyers or guys that are big, uh, guys that can use the ladders as weapons, throw them around, and uh, just cause all-around chaos. As in the case of uh, Braun Strowman, as in the case of... Baron Corbin probably would have been. Bobby Roode's that you know really that technical wrestler. So his uh, wherewithal in this ladder match kind of a, a weird fit here in a field that includes him, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, The Miz, Rusev, and still uh, two more spots to be filled on SmackDown probably tonight, as well as one that was uh, filled on Raw later in the night during their main event. Now, as we've seen the last several weeks since the Superstar Shake-Up, both Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, the group formerly known as the Miztourage, has been looking for some form of direction, uh, a path, ever since they uh, lost the Miz to uh, SmackDown Live. Well, they, they've been trying several things, looking for a new leader, trying to form alliances with people, and none of that seemed to work out each time they've gotten their asses kicked. Well, last week, if you remember, they uh, got run over by the Raw Tag Team Champions, uh, the Destroyers of World, Woken Matt Hardy, and Bray Wyatt. This week, they came in asking Kurt Angle for a tag team title match, and Kurt laughed it off. Instead, no offering them a chance to impress, and they start coming up with all these new you know, tag team names. They they first wanted to be referred to as the A-Team, but uh, Kurt told them you can't use that because of, obviously, that being the name of a famous TV show. So they decided to start calling themselves the B-Team, saying that they were undefeated as the B-Team, wanted the chance to show that they could impress they even came out with these crappy homemade t-shirts and found a way to defeat the the, uh, the team of uh, 
Fandango and Tyler Breeze, better known as Breezango. And I, I could not believe how quickly the crowd got behind this, considering how stupid the name the B team sounds. I mean, who wants to be called the B team? Who, who wants to be known as something secondary? Now, they're claiming the B team stands for the best team, but I just could not believe how well that got over. I mean, at least they suddenly have some kind of direction here. They have some kind of path. But later in the night, you actually saw them watching uh, the uh, the leader of worlds, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, um, go against uh, the Revival in a uh, tag team matchup. And you know that they showed the B team backstage scouting them, doing uh, uh, taking notes, uh, looking at uh, uh, the match, uh, thinking that they could be potential challengers. I mean, are they really going to have this kind of mid card rivalry where they're going to make a Cinderella run at te- at uh, the tag team championships? Is that the direction that they're going with uh, Dallas and Axel here? I mean, the, it, this is just unbelievable. The not just the the way they're building these two guys, but the crowd reaction that got behind it. I mean, that's the strangest crowd reaction I've seen uh, the fans have in about a decade. Maybe since either when Vito was running around on SmackDown wearing women's dresses, or you had Viscera start wearing pajamas to the ring and be calling himself the big love machine. I and mean, just unbelievable how well that got over so quick. I talk all the time about how there's some segments that seem to be space killers or time filling on either Raw or SmackDown. Well, that's what we're seeming to see almost every week now. When almost every week, whether on Raw or SmackDown, we're having a either six-woman or eight-woman tag team matchup going on, making sure that we get all of the women from their division on the show each week. You saw that once again with the, the Riot Squad going up against Sasha Banks, Ember Moon, and Natalya. Once again, trying to play off this whole idea that Natalya is all of a sudden a uh, babyface character. And you know, her, her team was able to pull off, get the victory after she got Liv Morgan to tap out to a sharpshooter. Nothing really ooh ah, about that kind of an uneventful match, but no, it, it, it's almost becoming a running joke every week. Oh, there's going to be a six woman tag team uh, matchup. I mean, it, it's almost. I feel kind of like disrespectful, disingenuous toward the women's division, especially with how great it's been the last several years. And you're spending more time playing up that instead of talking about what was the big news of the day. And the big news of the day comes from the women's division. When yesterday in New York City, there was uh, that event at Radio City uh, Music Hall for NBC Universal, you know, talking about a lot of their shows, a lot of their product, and you know, WWE of course had representation there because NBC owns USA. They're in, in partnership with them, so they sent Triple H, Stephanie McMahon there. They had the Bella Twins there representing them. They also had Raw Women's Champion Nia Jax, Charlotte. 
and Ronda Rousey. And there was an interview segment uh, filmed there. They had WWE cameras there. I believe Kathy Kelly was on hand uh, interviewing both Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. And uh, Charlotte was showing uh, Ronda how to do the whole Flair Woo thing. And just as they're talking, that's when Nia Jax approached her and made a a challenge to her that I I was stunned about. She challenged her to a match for the Raw Women's Championship in uh, less than five weeks at Money in the Bank. And at first I'm thinking, wow, Ronda, her second match in the WWE, she's already getting a women's title match on a pay-per-view against what's uh, been one of the uh, stronger competitors in uh, the company over recent months. I mean, Nia Jax has actually become rather popular with the fans. Now you're having two uh, babyface women's wrestlers go up and get into each other at what they're trying to build as one of their big pay-per-views. And in that sense, it makes sense. You have a big match on pay-per-view. In another sense, you know, there's going to be fans out there that might be a little bit angry, annoyed that, oh, what, Nia's already... I mean, excuse me, that Ronda's already getting a Raw Women's Championship match only in her second match in the company. I I just hope that some don't immediately jump to reaction and give the the, uh, Roman Reigns reaction toward her because there's obviously a plan behind all this. I do not believe that they are already going to put the... Raw Women's Championship on Ronda Rousey. At some point she's in her time in WWE, she's going to be a champion. She's going to be a champion for a long time. But not now. Not Now's not the time. They'll have the two of them put together a very good match. But somehow, someway, in, in the end, Nia Jax will pull off the victory while making Ronda still look like a strong competitor. Uh, I've been saying this for a while. I'm not buying this whole, oh, Ronda and Natalia friends on TV uh, crap. This whole nonsense that they're trying to play off with us that uh, Natalia's a uh, babyface all of a sudden. I think eventually uh, Natalia's going to turn on Ronda Rousey. And maybe Money in the Bank could just be that moment. Maybe, you know, Natalia either doesn't get in the Money in the Bank ladder match or gets in it and loses and then gets annoyed, feels jealous that, oh, her so-called friend is already getting a a Raw Women's title match and decides to screw her out of the championship and you eventually build toward a match between those two because I I just can't see them uh, doing uh, long-term playing off their friendship on TV even if they are friends in real life. In the second of our three Money in the Bank qualifying matches last night, it was a, another triple threat matchup in the women's division between Bailey, Mickey James, and Alexa Bliss. And as you would expect, uh, Alexa and Mickey teamed up for most of the match to uh, take out Bailey, trying to um, uh, double team her and m- make it look like uh, Bailey would have to overcome all odds just. To win despite the the numbers game, but you knew with the egos of Bliss and James, eventually things would get heated between them, and uh, Bailey would st- have a chance. Especially Bliss was going uh, for uh, a sunset flip pin, and on the two count, Mickey James came across and kicked her right in the face. Then uh, 
you ha had the, a point where uh, James uh, was going for a pin and Bliss attacked her, uh, causing the breakup and uh, leading to some more tension there. Even a point where Mickey James tried to sneak up on Bliss and get a uh, two count to uh, get to the victory. And, you know, un unlike the uh, the triple threat matchup earlier in the night between the men, there seemed to be a good flow, good mix to things between uh, these uh, three women. Uh, they uh, played off well. The uh, the storyline of Alexa and Mickey being friends, but you knowing that either one of them would stab each other in the back at uh, if uh, given the opportunity. Always, you know, making Bailey look like the lovable underdog. So uh, they were able to work that into this match before eventually Alexa's underhanded tactics would uh, get her the victory and allow her to qualify for Money in the Bank, which you had to figure she was going to be part of this match because there's really no direct uh, storyline for her heading into um, Money in the Bank. Um, when you talk about, oh, she already had her women's title rematch with Nia Jax. Um, when you look at Bailey, she's got still the situation uh, dealing uh, with Sasha Banks. So it's not much of a surprise to not have her qualify for Monday Bank when you consider that Banks didn't either. And you know at some point those two are going to uh, compete against each other in a match on a pay-per-view. And, and with uh, with James, uh, she's kind of just out there as that veteran. You can use her in any kind of match. She, she'll put on a good performance and do a good job of putting someone over, which she did in helping Alexa eventually pull off the victory. One match that they had been promoting all night that they saved for the final hour of the show was a tag team matchup which would feature two of the members of the uh, men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Braun Strowman and Finn Balor, teaming together against probably the hottest team on the Raw roster outside of the Raw Tag Team Champions, this team that's been formed between Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. And I give uh, the... Uh, Announced team credit for uh, you know building up the history and backstory of McIntyre and the transformation he's uh, made uh, the last few years and you, you know th this was a big spot for these two. I knew eventually they were going to stop having them just facing scrubs every week and put them in a legitimate match against big time players. I just I just didn't figure it would be this quick and be against uh, a makeshift team like Strowman and Finn Balor and it was kind of a weird fit this match when you consider all leading up to WrestleMania Braun was talking about how he didn't need a tag team partner even leading to the point where he brought a 10 year old child into the ring to uh, be his partner to win the Raw Tag Team Championships before forfeiting them the next night he then goes has a record performance in the greatest Royal Rumble before having another uh, couple of tag team matches uh, teaming with uh, Bobby Lashley against Owens and Zayn. Now you have him in another tag match. I, I just, I don't understand the booking on him right now. It just seems like they're unsure um, what to do right now until they get to Money in the Bank where I do believe he's going to win the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase and uh, cash it in on 
the Beast, Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. That's um, not just a a, a a prediction, but that says what Paul Heyman would call a spoiler. I have no inside um, information on that, but that's what I believe will happen. I'm, I'm doing my you know, best Paul Heyman impersonation here of giving you not just a prediction, but a spoiler. But this match was more about building up Ziggler and uh, McIntyre. And after having a good competitive match between the two where you saw some spots, like they teased a confrontation between Strowman and McIntyre. Even McIntyre, he gets tagged in, didn't want to fight Balor. He uh, uh, pointed to Strowman and said he he, uh, wanted to fight um, before backing off with uh, a smile on his face to tag Ziggler back in the ring. But... Now, Strowman and Finn Balor were uh, seemingly able to uh, overwhelm uh, Ziggler until uh, the the heel team, of course, did some dirty uh, uh, underhanded tactics with uh, Zig, uh, McIntyre, should I say, trying to grab uh, Finn Balor's foot as he was at the top rope trying to go for the coup de grace, only for Strowman to come running around the ring run over him it was like two Mack trucks colliding and causing him to crash into the uh, greatest Royal Rumble trophy breaking that almost hitting Jojo right in the face hope she's okay but allowed uh, Ziggler and uh, and McIntyre to pull off the victory when Ziggler knocked Finn Balor off the top rope and hit the uh, zigzag you know this this match as I said it was is about establishing Ziggler and McIntyre as a big threat. They they've had a good booking uh, uh, since coming, and you know, getting a win over a top guy like Finn Balor does nothing but help them. But at the same time, you still you question why Braun Strowman was in this uh, tag team match. Couldn't you found some other top guy to put in there uh, against uh, them to team with Finn Balor? I feel like this match was done. A week too soon. This match, you could have done this tag team match next week. And when instead having Braun Strowman in the match, you could have had Bobby Roode as another Money in the Bank guy in the match, teaming with Finn Balor to go against them. But hey, that's just the decision they decide to go with. In the main event last night, it was the third of the three Money in the Bank qualifier triple threat matches. It was originally supposed to be Bobby Lashley versus Elias versus Mahal. But as we talked about earlier, Jinder Mahal got attacked um, earlier in the night. And then once again, um, backstage by Roman Reigns as he was leaving the trainer's room, making him unable to compete last night. Further building the rivalry between those two, which you know is going to lead to a match at Money in the Bank, with each of them costing the other a shot at being in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, Kurt Angle had to find a new competitor, and he thought he had named the new competitor until he was in a phone conversation with what seemed to be Stephanie McMahon. Because he's talking about, oh, you're going to like this uh, new competitor, uh, it, this uh, guy's a great uh, young athlete. But in, instead, the conversation she seemed to change its tune. And Kurt was saying, wait, you're giving another opportunity to who? 
and we find out that who is Kevin Owens. Remember, earlier in the night, Kevin Owens, after he lost to Seth Rollins, was complaining to Kurt Angle saying he should get another shot at the Intercontinental title. And when Kurt didn't give it to him, he uh, told him, I'm calling Stephanie McMahon, essentially telling on him. And, you know, th there's been a lot of tension between Stephanie and Kurt dating back to WrestleMania when... Uh, Kurt made that tag team matchup of him and Ronda versus Stephanie and Triple H. Also, yet in the fact that Kevin Owens has always been a favorite of Triple H's. Remember, he even handed him the Universal title at one point. So, um, even with Kevin's history of attacking Shane and Vince last year, of course, Stephanie was going to frustrate Kurt and give uh, Kevin another uh, shot, another opportunity at a main spot on Monday Night Raw. So she put him in that triple threat match against Elias and Bobby Lashley, which you know was kind of a weird match. It didn't have the feel of a main event match. And you didn't have great chemistry between these two, especially the... When it comes to Lashley and, and Elias, it looked like they were going to have a rivalry the night after WrestleMania when Lashley returned to WWE and attacked Elias. But instead, they never uh, had any payoff on that. And Lashley was instead involved in tag matches against Kevin Owens. So they've had a, a recent run and recent problem with them. But... More so lately, Kevin's buddy Sami Zayn has had problems with Lashley claiming that he got vertigo from a stalling suplex that Lashley gave him three weeks ago. And that played into this matchup because you had times where Elias and Kevin Owens tried to work together to take out uh, Lashley, but it, it ended uh, as... Typically, those do when two heels start working together. The egos start clashing, and uh, they stop targeting Lashley and start going at each other. There was even one point where Elias got both guys down and had JoJo bring over his guitar and a microphone so he could try and perform during the match since Owens interrupted him before the bell rang. You saw some classic offense um, by uh, Bobby Lashley even attempting to go for a dominator at one point on Elias and it looked like he was going to pull off the victory it looked like he had a shot to get the win until Sami Zayn as we spoke about earlier continuing to have problems with Lashley came down to the ring pulled him out of the ring and uh, attacked Lashley even giving him a haluva kick up against the barrier allowed Kevin Owens to hit the frog splash on Elias and pull up the victory and get in uh, the money in the bank match. As I said, this didn't have the feel of a real main event, but you did a couple things here. One, you had Kevin Owens get another opportunity, which uh, frustrated Kurt Angle and could lead to you know, a match between those two at some point down the road here. Because every time Kevin Owens seems to change brands, he usually gets into some kind of problems with the people who are running the show and eventually has a match against one of the bosses, whether it be Shane, Daniel Bryan, or now uh, possibly Kurt Angle. Also, he continued to play up the rivalry that's building now between Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley, which will continue next week when Sami Zayn is actually going to bring Bobby Lashley's three sisters to Monday Night Raw. 
and uh, asking him about who is the real uh, Bobby Lashley. He, he's going when uh, Raw emanates from uh, Albany, New York. He's he's uh, basically started an anti-Lashley campaign, mocking him for giving him vertigo, and now. Uh, Next week, he's actually, he's going to interview his three sisters. You know that's going to create problems between Lashley and him, lead to uh, some even more heated frustration after getting cost a shot at Money in the Bank this past week. As uh, Zayn, um, you know, he's still playing this vertigo thing off. He claims that cost him his shot at Money in the Bank Um last week in the triple threat uh, with uh, Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. So he figured, uh, let me cost Bobby Lashley his opportunity. So now we'll see what happens between those two as we head closer to Money in the Bank. But as you saw tonight, uh, last night, the field on uh, Monday Night Raw as far as the eight-man Money in the Bank ladder match has been locked in. Kevin Owens, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, and Braun Strowman, they joined The Miz and Rusev from... Uh, SmackDown Live with two spots from SmackDown Live still up in the air. And we'll see what happens tonight when they attempt to fill those spots. For this Tuesday, May 15th, 2018, I'm M3, and that was my opinion. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again once again very soon. Peace out.